Morning, everybody. 14 months looking for a senior pastor. I knew I was going to have to do this. Um, But my worst fear wasn't getting up here and preaching. It was the fact that I was going to have this microphone on and someone was going to hear me sing. And I hope Tom didn't turn it on. It's bad enough that Kim and Hannah have to listen to it every week, um, that the rest of you all should not have to do that. Um, 10, 10, 10 at 10 a.m. Kathy had to talk me out of putting a picture of Bo Derek up there. Um, for those of you who don't get that, ask your parents. Yeah. Actually, for a short time, I wasn't sure who was going to be preaching on the 10th. We get a leadership update every week on Thursday afternoon. They have a staff meeting. Carl usually facilitates. Mike and Scott and Nancy are there. And then we get just a beautiful set of notes that come out of that meeting. And on that uh, meeting notice is an agenda for who the next several preachers are going to be. On October 10th, there was, we had a gifted speaker scheduled, and he was listed as a question mark. That's just Carl's way of sticking it to me ahead of time and then asking me a little bit later on if I was willing to preach. So that question mark that I noticed Thursday afternoon at 4 o'clock, by 6.30 a.m. Friday morning, I opened up my email, and there it was. Craig, can you preach? I said, I can. Um, I'd be happy to. We'll give it a whirl. So that's his backdoor way of getting me up here. So it worked. A few weeks from now, we'll have a senior pastor. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and do the very best I can to, uh, to bring a message to you about got priorities. Most of you all who just think that I'm a pain in the neck uh, when I serve at church and we talk about being on time and being diligent and whatnot, in case that's not just what you think, I brought my wife Kathy and my good friend Darren Wilson from work. Uh, Those are the two people who I probably annoy the most. Um, Darren gets it 50 to 60 hours a week at work and Kathy gets it the rest of the time at home. And those of you who serve with me on committees just get it for an hour here and there. So if you really want to know what it's like, see one of them. What I'm going to preach on this morning is I'm going to share some of my experiences. I'm going to share some from Stephen Covey, who is a well-known Christian, motivated speaker, and author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I'm going to share from Bill Hybels, who is the author of The Volunteer Revolution. Uh, That might sound familiar to some of you. We went through that collectively as a church family about three or four years ago. And then I'm going to go to God's Word and see what the Scriptures have about setting our priorities. And I really need glasses because I don't know the rest of you all who preach, but I can't see that far back there. And I was really counting on the fact that I would be able to. So I'm going to have to go like this a couple of times. So as I talk about uh, priorities, I talk about how I wasted time. I was a classic time waster as a young man. There were a lot of things that were way more important to me than the Bible or the church or service. Some of those were television, sports, and video games. Now... I could have not told you what the Gospels were in the Bible, but I could list every single actor in Happy Days as the music was singing around and, you know, their pictures popped up. Anybody with me on that? Anybody know who Potsy was? Anybody? Marvin, you too? Anson Williams, Potsy? Yeah? Pat Morita was Arnold's. You know them all? Donnie Most is Ralph Melf. Yeah? We could go on and on. We could really kill some more time and have a few less songs at the end if we were to do that. Um, Sports was another big one for me. I worshipped it. Um, Not only uh, could I tell you who every single Tiger on the 1968 starting lineup was when I was only three years old, it's not because I watched it when I was three, because that's what I cared about when I was 10, 12, 15 years old. Um, 
Again, and it wasn't just my own team, it was everybody's team. Could have cared less about spending time in the Word or at church or with my family or in service. And then there's video games. Man, I was held hostage by video games. I'll be honest with you, I haven't played a video game since it was one joystick and one button. Um, I'm lost now when I see some of the kids play this Madden stuff or Crash Bandicoot or all these other crazy newfangled names. Um, My game of choice was Galaga. And uh, to this day, I can go to a Galaga machine and I can just smoke Nick at Galaga. Um, And it's kind of fun because I don't stand a chance at any other video game. So that's my favorite one. Um, As I grew older, I threw myself into other things, uh, predominantly work. I remember a time where I worked 90 days in a row. Um, without showing any concern for my wife or for my family, um, missing multiple birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, um, special events. Fellas, by the way, who knows what next Saturday is? Anybody besides me. Some of the girls know, sweetest day. Do not forget it. I'm on a roll pretty good lately. I have this uh, saying at our house, we were going to have an elders meeting on Valentine's Day one day. It just happened that was going to be the rotation. And everybody was chiming back and forth about, we can't meet on Valentine's Day. So I sent a quick note back to all the other elders, and I said, every day is Valentine's Day at the Hunter's house. Um, Kathy, may argue, Kathy may argue with that. Um, but fellas, don't miss Sweetest Day. Take it from someone who's missed them all over the course of time. Um, I used to make a habit of letting people down um, by throwing myself into work or being concerned about how many softball games I could play or um, just whatever was on my agenda. I really had no relationship with God. I knew nothing about God's word or what he wanted for my life. The word now I would use is, I was lost. I was lost. Um, I may have driven by a church on occasion. That would be the extent of it. I couldn't have told you what denomination they were. Um, the buildings really stood out with a large cross on them, so I had that all figured out. Um, you're going to get a kick out of this. The, my first exposure to small group was when Nick was eight. Sydney was three or four. Nick was playing baseball on a team called the Braves, and the young man's name was Sam Gecker, and his parents came up to us and said, would you mind dropping Sam off after the game? Well, no problem, we can do that, it's right near the, uh, right near the field. And as uh, the game is over and we walked up the front uh, door and we knocked on the door to drop Sam off, I saw the weirdest thing. There was all these adults in a living room with Bibles open, talking, and I'm thinking, who are these freaks and why didn't they go to the baseball game? I'm one of them freaks now, folks. Small group every Monday night, 15, 20, 25 Mondays a year for the last six years. Kim Davidson's nodding her head. She probably remembers at uh, the old church we were having a ministry fair, and at the time I was in charge of cleaning, and he used to come in here in the old church every Thursday night and scrub the toilets, and Kim had her little booth up, and I think it was right up front by the stage, and her and Mike were talking about, when are you going to join a small group? And I don't think I could have got the word never out of my mouth fast enough. And... uh Boy, it worked. Just being in church every single week, listening to godly men like Joe LaRue and Steve Mozingo um, preaching to us on what it meant to be, um, to be men and to be leaders in our family and to be Christians and what it was like. Um, it wasn't until several years after even attending church um, that I became the man, husband, father, boss um, that God called me to be. Uh, it was just really a challenging time in my life from the time I was 15, 16 years old up until the time I was in my early 30s um, when I made it into church. What now? I would like to think I've made some changes. Darren can attest, I don't work 90 days straight. There's a lot of times where 5 o'clock can't come soon enough and maybe about 10 we we're running out the door hoping nobody's watching. Um, 
Usually he waits till a couple minutes after I leave. Just So then I think he's working until 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Micah knows that's not the case. Um, I think it's apparent to the people closest to me, um, and I'm not going to stand up and tell you that I have it all together because I still face many struggles related to how I use my time. As a matter of fact, I estimated since the time I got the email asking me to preach, I was effectively able to waste 15 hours. That's in addition to working 50-some hours, um, playing softball, playing volleyball, going to watch a volleyball game. I was able to be in this position on my recliner watching TV shows that some of you may find not too Christian-like. Criminal Minds happens to be my favorite. Um, but that show is on all the time. It's on Channel 21, Channel 39, it's on Wednesday night. It really, really can control your time. Thank goodness I don't know how to use the DVR, or I could be held hostage to, uh, to TV. But it's easy to fall into that trap. Um, I almost turned down a service opportunity a couple weeks ago because I thought what I had to do was more important than what God had for me to do. It was a Sunday, I think, three weeks ago. For those of you who don't know, we start out every single morning on Sunday morning at 9.15 in the prayer room. And we meet as a leadership team and we pray for folks in our small group, for folks in the church, uh, for folks that we know are hurting. We pray for the youth. We pray for our families. uh, We pray for current events. But every Sunday morning, 9.15, we're in that room. We then attend a church service, obviously, till 11, 11.15, 11.30. We then went out to lunch with some people from church. We then played softball with some people from church. We then had a search team meeting. Um, So my Sunday at this point is pretty much shot, and all I've got on my mind is I think I can get home from my search team meeting in time to watch the last half of the football game. Then Kathy breaks the news to me. We've got another assignment that I didn't know about. We're watching kids. Um, She had volunteered to watch Logan and Jesse, and boy, I love Logan and Jesse. But for those of you who watched them, there's two of them. It works out a lot better if there's two of you. Um, especially now that they're both hustling around. And uh, I haven't changed a diaper in 15, 16 years, and I wasn't about to change one then. But we set up the responsibilities in such a way where Kathy takes charge of one of the kids, and I take charge of one of the kids, and usually I get to pick. So she's very, um, she lets me pick who I want. So I was thinking to myself, the best, way I, the best chance I have of watching the football game is if I take Logan, not Jesse. So I talked Logan into the fact that he really didn't want to have anything to do with the puzzle that they were working on, or I think they were Lincoln Logs that they were playing with. Uh, And he left Kathy quite a mess to clean up. Um, But we wandered our way out here, and I I, I nuzzled up to James, and I said, hey, what are the chances that you put the TV, or put the Colts game on the TV out in the lobby? He says, I can do it, but I really can't put the sound on because it's going to affect things in the church. So that's what we had to live with. So imagine me and Logan, and he's sitting up on the welcome desk, and we've got a bag of chips, and he just keeps saying chip, and I just keep saying okay, because it's his parents that are going to have to deal with that um, when they get home. And I didn't care that I didn't have any chips. What I cared about was I was watching the football game. So, you know what? I really went into that exercise a little bit worked up about the fact that I couldn't go home and do what I wanted to do. That somebody who was furthering God's kingdom with 35, 40, 50 kids in here was relying on some people to take care of their kids So they could minister to mine and everybody else's. So we took up shop. We stood out there. 45 minutes, we watched the game. Um, Logan's favorite player is Dallas Clark, by the way, in case anybody wants to know. Um, But it was the farthest thing from my mind. And really what I was thinking about to myself was, did I not have time or did I not want to do it? And if I was honest with myself, I would have raised my hand and said, I really didn't want to do it. 
when I did it, we had a great time. Um, we became best of friends. Uh, I've watched uh, the kids a few times. We've gone for walks. Uh, this past week, I got to sit with Logan again at a volleyball game and share my popcorn and my soda. Sometimes when I gave him a drink of my soda, I think there was more in it when I got it back than when I gave it to him. But we really enjoyed our, we enjoyed our time together. So, challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're not a babysitter. I am not a babysitter. Um, but, I am a child of God and I'm willing to serve the Lord when He calls my name. So folks, when you see those opportunities, when you think you don't have time, Classify it. Do I not want to or do I not have time? And then help make the right decision. Part of the challenge is, is we need to evaluate our priorities. And we, as we shift gears, we're going to go into Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We're going to help you evaluate your priorities and where are you spending your time. Notice how I say where are you spending your time, not how are you spending your time. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. There's actually a seven-minute exercise on YouTube that you can find. I've actually been to the conference. Anybody uh, seen the Stephen Covey con- conference? A few of you. Darren, you must have been sleeping because I think you've been to one. Okay. Yeah. There's a seven-minute exercise on putting the big rocks first, and it's really quite entertaining to watch, and you can tell by the attire that it's somewhat dated. Um, if I had to guess, it was probably 20, 25 years ago when this happened. But Stephen Covey has a lot to offer, and this exercise is called... Um, put first things first. And it talks about putting the big rocks first. What are the big rocks in your life? What are you going to put first ahead of everything else? And it really needs to be God first. And I'll be honest, that wasn't the way it worked for me. Um, but we, we all are encouraged to put God first in all we do. And we know we have jobs to do, but we can act godly while we're at work. We have activities that we're going to do, but we can behave godly when we do that. We can choose godly ways to spend our time. After we're right with God, we need to be right with our family. Boy, that's where I drew the short straw for the longest time. Could have cared less what anybody else had to do. Was more, um, more interested about what I had to do. Um, but really, folks, um, I really had that backwards. Um, in years past, that job slipped ahead of my family for many years. Uh, and, and, you know, our relationship uh, with my wife and my kids uh, paid the price for that. Um, I don't think it's anything we can make up for. It's just changes that we can make now that we can move forward. Only after you're right with God and right with your family uh, can you be right on the job. And for most of us, we're spending minimum of 40 hours a week on the job. Some of us 41, 42, some of us 50, 60. Um, I hear some horror stories of some of the elders that I work with 70, 80 hours um, a week. But folks, we owe it to those people at our job also. How many of us wake up every morning and say, I have to go to work instead of I get to go to work? Challenge yourself in these tough economies to be grateful what you have and then to be ministering to people while you're at work. We break all the rules at Meyer up in Muncie. Um, every 9 o'clock we're at the break table and what are the two things they tell you not to talk about with people that you're closest with? Religion and politics. Well, we, we add sports into the mix, but every single week we're talking about religion, we're talking about politics, and we're talking about sports. We don't really talk about work because we have the rest of the day to talk about work. We use that time to nurture relationships and to build each other up and to, and to just have a good time. But folks, you can be godly people at your job. If you're not, I would challenge you to be. Um, service work, that's got to be a big rock. If you wait till you have time to watch kids or to go to a meeting or to clean up at church or to cut the grass at church or to do other things, you'll quickly find out that it's not something you have time for if you don't make it a priority. So, folks, we're going to talk a little bit further when we get on in the service about how you can make that a priority. 
Only after all those things do you have time for the other things, and we're going to call those time wasters. Um, And those things aren't necessarily bad things. They're just bad if you do too much of it. And we're going to, as we move on to the next slide, we're going to talk about where are you spending your time. We're going to talk about quadrant one, urgent and important. Quadrant, Quadrant two, not urgent, but important. Quadrant three, not important. Quadrant four, not urgent and not important. Now, quadrant one is crisis mode, pressing problems, deadlines, things that have to be done now. Quadrant two, preparation, planning, relationship building, values clarification. I don't know about you, that sounds like some place I want to be in quadrant two. Quadrant three, needless interruptions, unimportant calls, meetings, emails. And then quadrant four, the worst place of all, busy work, time wasters, escape activities. We're going to play a game. I love games. No balls, um, no clubs. Folks, when you're reading your Bible, what quadrant are you in? We're in quadrant two. It's not urgent, yet it's important. Nothing's going to happen to you right then if you don't do it. Um, the consequences are eternal, but it's not urgent that you do it right now, yet it's important. Quadrant two. Go to small group. What quadrant? Nobody's playing. I feared this. Two. Quadrant. I'm seeing some numbers. Two. Going to a small group is in quadrant two. Doing service work for your community, for your church, for your family. What quadrant? Two. I see lots of twos. Thank you. Okay, everybody's favorite. Brutally honest. Group participation. Raise your hand real quick, everybody who has Facebook. Oh, my gosh. I don't have Facebook. Um, Okay. If exceeded the recommended amount of usage, that could be quadrant four. Does everybody agree that could be a time waster? Okay, also be honest. Who does farming on Facebook? Honest. People are looking around. No farmers? Nobody does that crazy game? Anybody used to do farming and quit? Now I got a hand. Now I got a hand. Okay. Watching too much TV. Who's guilty of that? TV is not inherently bad, but if all you do is watch TV... That's quadrant four. The internet is another example. Not necessarily bad. I spent some time looking up Bible verses and looking at uh, different sermon ideas and looking at exercises um, like Stephen Covey on the internet. So the internet is not inherently bad. However, some of us are addicted to the internet. We surf the internet for hours on end. We read sports pages from Detroit. We do all sorts of odds and ends. Look at monsterjob.com to see if there's any better opportunities out there. Um, that's not me, by the way. I love my job, for those of you who didn't know that already. But we can be caught up by what's not urgent and not important. So I want to challenge each and every one of you to get out of that quadrant. Spend as much time in quadrant two as you possibly can. That is where we're most productive. Things that aren't urgent, but they're very important. So I want to encourage you to spend time there. We're going to touch base a little bit on what uh, Bill Hybels talks about in his book, The Volunteer Revolution, and some great ideas about what we can do to um, and where we can spend our time and whatnot. Uh, Bill Hybels is a senior pastor at Willow Creek Christian Church. That's quite the place if you've never been there. Um, it's unbelievable. It's like a college campus. I had an opportunity to go to a leadership conference there one time. There's over 20,000 people in attendance each week. Um, Mr. Hybels is the author of over 20 books and the author of this book, Volunteer Revolution, that talks a lot about what we can be doing with our time. I'm going to read from you a quote. and This is how I read books, folks. The quote is on the back. 
Um, I read the front, I read the back, I check the covers, and then I decide if I'm going to read it. So I found this one pretty early, and then it engaged me to the point where I felt I could finish up with the book. Imagine what would happen if people in our world, by the masses, took up serving towels, draped them over their arms willingly, even joyfully, served other people in their everyday lives. Such attitudes and actions would change our world. I believe a volunteer revolution can happen, and that the church should set the pace and energetically lead the way. In my view, people are never closer to living out the teachings of Christ than when they are adding value to someone else's life. And people who are far from God are rarely more impacted than when they see 21st century Christ followers behaving as Christ behaved. There you are, folks. One of the experts, one of the all-time great pastors, someone who grew a church from 100 to 20,000 idea of what we need to do to serve. Each of us is um, given the opportunity to get off of the sidelines and into the game. I got a little picture of our softball team up there. That's uh, one of the things I look forward to uh, each and every week. Uh, Three o'clock, Eller Road today, by the way, if any of you want to be a part of that. Uh, We're six and one. We're playing a team that's seven and oh, so it promises to be a very good game. We're leading up into the, uh, into the tournament. But Mr. Hybels gives us a wonderful quote about sometimes what he would rather do other than watch when he was given the opportunity. from page 16 in his book, Heibels writes, Sometimes on a Sunday afternoon or Monday evening, I'd be at Soldier Field in the seats on the 50-yard line watching the World Championship Bears. Must have been about 1986, eh, Scott? 85, was it, they won it all? Okay, 85. Okay. Watching the Bears cream their opponents. I'd try to focus on the game, but I'd see somebody catch a spiraling pass, and I'd wish it was Tuesday night so I could be catching one myself. I'd watch somebody throw a beautiful block, and I'd recall the cruncher a big guy put on me the previous week. Despite the bruises I had to show for my participation, I wished I could trade Soldier Field for the hard-packed field at the Park District. I wanted to be in the action, not just watching it. That's everybody's opportunity to get up off their seat and go be a part of what's going on, whether that's a game, whether it's a service opportunity, whether it's a small group. Later on on page 17, every local churchgoer has a choice to make. He can park in his usual spot in the church parking lot, make his way to a comfortable seat in his favorite row, watch a good service, chat with friends, and then go home. That choice makes for a nice, safe Sunday morning experience. Or he can throw himself into an adventure by rolling up his sleeves, joining a team of like-minded servants, and helping to build the local church God has called him to be a part of. Folks, how can we make a difference? What can we do? Um, we have a ministry table right outside the door. Um, this morning, the announcements were scrolling. Um, we need people to be involved. We are a small church. Um, average attendance year-to-date is 92. Um, by the time you take the babies and the small kids out of that, maybe we have 60 to 70 people who can serve each and every week. Folks, the teachers is what we need the most of. Each and every week we have a great group of teachers back in those rooms and they've been teaching our kids year after year after year after year. Um, I know the people who teach in preschool, whether it's Nancy or Kathy or Erica, have been doing it longer than I can remember. About once a quarter I get the new schedule on when um, Erica and Nancy and Kathy are going to rotate teaching in the preschool room. I got news for you. I know Kathy and Nancy and Erica don't have any preschoolers. They're there to serve our kids. Folks, I want to challenge you. If you can teach, we need you to teach. 
If you cannot teach, you need to be with the two or three-year-olds or the babies because they don't need a lot of teaching. Um, they just need supervision. The green team. I remember ten years ago seeing Mark Kinsey driving down with his tractor with Ian sitting in front of him. Um, Ian, I don't know, must have been six, seven at the time. They're cutting the grass at the old church. Ten years later, they're cutting the grass at the new church. I'm certain Mark will continually and faithfully cut that grass, whatever that... Um, whatever the size of the church or wherever that church is. But folks, people like Mark need help. Set up in hospitality, clean up, greeters and servers. Every single week I come in the door, I either see the Davidsons, the Heinzmans, the Kinseys or the Riches, or myself greeting people at the front door. Folks, there's lots of you who can sign up for that ministry. Funny story, Tim McCartney came up to me after I had been coming to church here a month, and he looks me in the eye and he shakes my hand. He says, I think you'd be good at the front door greeting people. That really means he thought I had a big mouth, and that would be something that uh, I'd be good at. So, But we've been doing it ever since. Thirteen years we've been on that schedule, um, greeting and serving. So that's a great entry-level ministry that all of you can be involved with, given the opportunity. Um, you can clean up. You don't even have to get here early to do that. Um, you just clean up the coffee, you wash the dishes, you uh, take out the, uh, the cups of juice and throw them away and get everything ready for next week. Um, there are just so many opportunities to serve that all, a lot of us are missing out on. So I want to challenge each and every one of you um, to get plugged in in a ministry. Maybe your ministry hasn't even started yet. Um, I had an idea four or five years ago to, to start a sports ministry. Um, it's just been a blessing in my life, being able to be around people who care as much about God as I do and get to do the things we love. Um, while we're doing that, we have had people who have been intentional about making invitations. I want to bring up Austin in the back. Um, I sent him an encouraging email a few weeks back. I said, Austin, I really appreciate the fact that you've been willing to invite your friends to the basketball team and to the volleyball team. It's been really neat to see them at church. Last week, one of those young men who had been on the basketball team and who had come to play volleyball was sitting back there listening to Mike preach. That's what the sports ministry is all about. Maybe you have a ministry that you haven't started yet or that you want to start. I encourage you um, to see one of the um, elders, see one of the staff people, and we can help you get those things going. Um, but that's really where the, the core of involvement starts, is by picking up um, what you want to do, being involved with it here at this church, and helping growing the kingdom for God. We spent a few minutes talking about uh, some of my mistakes. Fortunately, only a few minutes. Um, we switched over to uh, Mr. Covey and Mr. Hybels, um, and now we're going to go to God's Word and find out what, um, what our scriptures say about time and priorities. First, we're going to be in Ephesians 5, verse 16, or, um, 15 and 16. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. In that verse right there, or those two verses, I'm sorry, we are challenged to use our time wisely. As we switch to Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. There, in those verses, we are encouraged to use our gifts. Third verse we're going to look at in Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. I have an advantage to all you. I have them post-it noted in my Bible here, so I'll slow down a little bit. Shh. 
Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth, and the span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. In those verses, we are called... I'm sorry, I jumped ahead to, uh, to four. Let's go back... Uh, You thought I was really crazy there for a minute, didn't you? Moving back to Colossians, I'm sorry. Um, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So there we are called to serve people. And now we'll go backwards. We'll read it a second time. We're going to be Psalm 39. Four through five. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. There's four different verses there. All have to do with time and priorities. I challenge you to maybe look at them a little bit later. I've tried to put some thought into the order of the verses. Um, Firstly, we are challenged to use our time wisely. Evaluate yourself. Are you doing that? Um, Look at the time wasters in your life. Look at the time you spent in quadrant four with not urgent and not important things. Um, Second verse, we were encouraged to use our gifts. What are they? What are your God-given gifts? Um, If they're teaching, teach. If they're cleaning, clean. If they're managing the softball team, do that. Um, If it's um, getting ready the hospitality, then do that. Is it leading a small group? Then do that. That list is about 10 miles long, folks. But we're challenged to use those gifts. We are called to serve people. What does that mean? It means making a meal for somebody who needs it. It means cutting somebody's grass who can't cut it. It means, you know, fill in the blank what that means to you. But we are called to serve people. And then lastly, folks... We are all told we have a limited amount of time. We don't know when the end of time is coming. Um, Whether it be when Christ returns, whether it be when our short time on this earth ends, we don't know. Um, We are told we have a limited amount of time. It's our job to get up off the sidelines and into the game. So to recap, we're challenged to use our time wisely. We are encouraged to use our gifts. We are called to serve people. And we are told we have a limited amount of time. As we get ready to close and to wind things down, um, I think I'm referring to something there that we've probably all heard before. We're challenged to use our time, talent, and treasures. Each and every week, we take up an offering of our treasures, yet that's listed third on the list. Every time I've ever heard somebody talk about time, talent, treasures, that's the order I've heard it in. Um, We all do a pretty good job of supporting this church financially. Folks, imagine if we tithed our time. Most of you know I get eight hours of sleep every night. I'm pretty, uh, pretty diligent about that. Bed at ten, up six a little bit after. So let's just say we've got 16 hours a day, seven days a week where we're awake. In that period of time, how much of that time can we serve God? It adds up to about 11 hours, 11.2, something like that. One of you who's a lot smarter than I am can do the math and let me know. Um, but I know it's about 1.6 hours a day times seven days a week we can be serving God. That's different from all of us. Boy, I sit on all sorts of committees. Some of you don't have to go to admin meetings. I'm sorry, don't get to go to admin meetings. Don't get to go to elder meetings. Um, 
but you can be serving at the front door. You can be at time studying in your Bible. You can be leading your family in prayer. You can be preparing for a small group. You can use that time any way you want to further the kingdom. But challenge yourself, how am I going to tithe my time? I never really even thought of that until this week when I was preparing this message and really evaluating how much time I have. And folks, that's one fixed amount. We've all got the same amount of it. We just choose what we're going to do with it. So I want to encourage everybody to choose wisely. As we close, I want to talk about and, uh, and challenge each and every one of you to decide how you can make better use of your time and your talent to further God's kingdom. Is God simply one of our priorities, or do we let God make our priorities? God gave us the ultimate gift. He sent his son to give us the perfect example on how to live our lives. Are we paying attention, or are we relying on our own good ideas? I have learned from my experiences. I need God in all areas of my life. I want to close with a final thought, prayer, and song. Are you giving your all to the one who gave his all for you? Please pray with me. Dear Father God, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity uh, to study this week, um, to get up front in front of these folks, and to share sometimes what my own good opinions are, but more importantly, what your word says about what we should be doing with our time. Lord, I want to challenge and encourage everybody as they walk out of here this morning. Are we giving our all to the one who gave his all for us? Lord, I want to challenge everybody to evaluate themselves, to look in the mirror, and to look at how they're spending their time. Lord, when we talk about time, talent, and treasures, time is at the top of that list. Lord, I encourage everybody to make it a priority. And when they do, to put you at the top of that list. Just from Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hear the Savior say,